Hey friends, before we start the show, I want to invite you to check out my brand new free training all about how you can start your own freelance business from home. In this completely free one hour training, I am going to share with you exactly how I was able to leave my full-time teaching job and replace my income by freelancing and how you can do the same thing too. We're going to talk about how you can find skills that you already have and what services you can offer, as well as what you need to actually get started today. So you can go check out my brand new free training. It's my gift to you at aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. That's aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. And we will link that up in the show notes for you. All right, now let's go ahead and dive on into the show. Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode. In today's episode, I am actually taking questions from you. So in the Freelancer to CEO podcast community, I posted about having a Q&A type episode where you got to ask your questions and I would answer them live on the air. So that's what we are doing in today's podcast episode. This is actually going to be a two-part series because some of the questions were more geared towards freelancing, growing that side of your business, and then the other types of questions were about the second half of my business, which is my coaching and courses and transitioning into that. So I figured I would split them up into two different episodes so that we could keep the content clear and focused. So today's episode is going to be all about growing your freelancing business. We're going to be answering questions about what systems helped me in my business. Do I believe that websites are beneficial? What do you have to suggest for people who are just getting started in the early stages of their business? How do I sell myself? And so much more. We're diving into all of that today, so let's go ahead and jump on into the show. Welcome to the Freelancer to CEO podcast. This is the podcast for overwhelmed freelancers who are ready to simplify and scale their business so they can earn more and stress less. I'm your host, Aubrey Malik, and I'm a former elementary teacher who launched my own freelancing business, and now I want to share all my secrets with you. Each week, I'll be sharing business strategy, systems, and tactical tips that you can take into your business today so you can finally step into that CEO role you desire. Let's dive on into the show. Now, if you want to get in on the conversation that we are having inside the Freelancer to CEO community, what are you waiting for? Come over and join us. There's tons of great conversations. You can ask questions. You can tap into a community that will support you and be there for you as you are going through this business because let me tell you, that is one thing that I needed so much when I was building my business is having some people to just reach out to and say, hey, I'm going through this or listen to me or just vent with me or you know, just relate to you. So make sure you jump over to our community. It's a safe place and the internet for you to ask questions, share, share your wins, share what you're going through, and we would love to have you over there. So just head to aubreymalik.com slash community. That link is up in the show notes for you, and I can't wait to see you over there and to have you in on one of our welcome posts and to get to know you and your business. All right, so let's go ahead and dive onto these questions. Here's the first question. It's from Olivia. And she says, here's a question. I've heard it said, don't turn off your marketing machine even if you're at your max number of clients right now. So what does that look like when you know you aren't taking new clients at the moment but you want to maintain a presence? So such a great question and there's a couple different ways that you can go about it. So I would still be networking and 
maintaining that presence. So that could look like creating content, letting people know what you're working on behind the scenes, just so that you can stay top of mind to people because clients can come and go quickly. Things can change from month to month. So you definitely don't want to put yourself in a situation where maybe it's a month where you've lost a lot of clients, you've had a lot of different clients move on, and then you're feeling like, okay, I don't have anything going on and I haven't been doing anything in the meantime to keep up with with clients. So you definitely wanna maintain a presence and I would look back to what you're doing for your marketing plan and you could just cut that time in half if you're not actively seeking clients at the moment. You don't have to do so much active marketing but you want to maintain that presence. So think about it if you're in Facebook groups. It definitely could still mean you're answering questions, you're making connections, possibly collaborating with other people, just still putting yourself out there so people know that this is a service that you offer. And then even if you do have people that come to you, you can definitely start a wait list. Now, starting a wait list is not necessarily a guarantee that these clients will be there when you are ready, but it's always good to keep that connection going and just to to further these connections because even if someone does not turn into a client right now, even if you're chatting with someone, they would love to bring you on and you're at your max capacity. Just keeping that relationship open, they might be able to refer you to someone else if you do reach back out to them and say, hey, I had an opening. I know when we chatted last time, I was completely booked out, but I would love to see about the possibility of us working together. And they say, oh, you know, I decided to go another way. You could always follow up with, great, thank you so much for letting me know. Do you know of anyone else that might be interested in my services? And again, if you keep that relationship going and open, they are much more likely to refer you because they saw something in you. They wanted your services, but you were booked out. So they might be more likely to refer you. So um, as far as that marketing machine going, like I said, you can just be slowly putting content out there. This doesn't have to be super focused, but you want to make sure that people know that yes, you do offer these services because like I said, things can change from month to month and you want to maintain you want to stay top of mind, right? You want people to know that you are still offering these services even though you're booked out. And like I said, things can change quickly and you want to make sure that you are still actively building connections, having a presence out there, commenting on Facebook threads, creating content around your service so that people do still know that, hey, she's still doing this even though she's not taking on clients right now. She still offers this so that you can stay top of mind. So Olivia, I hope that answered your question. The next few questions come from Roxanne. Roxanne had a few questions and I loved all of her questions, so I'm so glad that she asked them. The first question that she asked was, what systems do you feel helped you? I'm not going to go into all the systems that I use, but I'm going to give you some super super entry level ones that I think will really help. I think the first system that you can take care of is a system with your house. Because yes, we're running a business, but we can't forget about all the other things that go on in our life outside. So when I was first getting started, the first thing I did was I sat down with my husband and I let him know, hey, the, this is what I'm going to be doing. And in order for me to add this on, on top of having a full-time job and on top of being a mom and on top of all the other things that I do around the house, something has to give. I can't do all of those things and get eight hours of sleep at night and get a workout in and do all the things, right? So I needed his help. 
So we looked at what I was currently doing and this is very similar to what a business owner does, right? I looked to see what could I outsource to him? What were things that he would feel comfortable doing were easy enough for him to do that I could relinquish some of that control that I you know, usually took that on? What could I hand off to him? And what that looked like is a few nights a week, he was stepping in and making dinner a few nights a week. He was stepping in and taking care of bath time and bedtime. He was taking care of groceries. Now we implemented a system where we started doing grocery pickup and he was the one that was going and getting them and then we would all pitch in together to put them away. But again, it was just little things that I could have him help with that I used to do and he could help me with them and so he could kind of take some of that load off my plate. So if you actually go back to episode 72 of the podcast, Five Ways to Simplify and Automate Your Life, it was a live training that I did. I talked a lot about the systems that I put in place in my house that helps my business run. So uh, that's a really great place to start. That's one of the systems that I love. And then I think as far as your business goes, Definitely putting in systems to handle your scheduling of your calls, to handle your invoices, your contracts. We are going to be having an episode coming up all about Dubsado and how you can utilize that. So putting in systems to handle some of those admin tasks, scheduling calls, and then another big one that I think a lot of people miss out on is having a system in place for your emails. And for me, this means compiling a bank of email templates that I could easily pull on to send to clients when I had a lot of those same type of emails come up, when they didn't approve a proposal, when I had to raise my rates, when I was looking for a testimonial, and I compiled all of those into a bank of email templates in a Google Doc that I could easily use. That way I wasn't reinventing the wheel every single time, putting a system in place so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. So I want you to think about in your business, what are things that you do on a consistent basis? And is there a program, a template, some kind of system that you can put in place to cut you down on that some of that time, to save you some time? That will be super helpful. So. Uh, definitely putting some systems in place at your house will help you, will definitely help you to manage some of that stress that you might feeling, that overwhelm, and then putting systems in place for that admin stuff in your business that you're doing over and over again. And then kind of to go along with this, Roxanne also asked, do you feel you need to hire assistants to help you from burnout? I think that's usually where a lot of people's mind go is once I get to that place of overwhelm or booked out or feeling that burnout, that means that I must need to hire someone to come into my business. And I'm not saying that that's not the case, but where I would like you to go first before you hire someone is I want you to go to those systems. Think about all the things that you do in your business. What of those things can we maybe implement a program for or something online to help run that? What system can we put in place? Because bringing someone into your business is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. You're managing someone else. You, they're not they're not you, um, they probably can do the same thing that you're doing, but it does take a lot of work to manage someone else. So yes, you are taking some things off your plate, but that managing role of making sure that things are getting done, checking in, you know, seeing what they're handing over to you, it does, that does add another level to your business. So where I would recommend you go first before you hire someone to bring on is let's look at and see what systems can we put in place first to maybe lighten some of your load. Maybe some of that burnout is coming from you doing a lot of that 
admin type work and maybe we can implement some systems that can help save you some time there and then maybe you won't feel so burnout. But start there and then if you do feel that place of I really need to outsource some of that, then we can look at the things that in your business that don't necessarily need you, need your hand in it, and maybe we can slowly start to outsource that. Again, it, it's a good place It's a good place to be when you have, you're in a position where you are making a, a good profit and you're bringing clients in consistently and maybe you need to bring someone on your team to help you, but it definitely still is an added beast of managing that, that onboarding process, getting used to having someone on your team. So let's start with systems first and then we can look at outsourcing to another virtual assistant. The next question we got from Roxanne as well is how long did it take you to get to 5K monthly? So I would say that it took me about four to six months to get there and really the tipping point for that was I stopped being a generalist, I stopped being an everything to everyone, and I really found that signature service. And I think it was great in the beginning when I was trying out a lot of different things to figure out what I really liked, but I think because I quickly figured out what I liked, what I didn't like, and what I really wanted to specialize in, that's how I was able to get to that 5K monthly in a short period of time. Now. You know, everyone will say, well, I would like it to happen sooner, and that's great. And some people will say, well, four to six months, that's really great too. And I think the main thing that I can stress to you or that I'd like to stress to you is figuring out what you can offer as that signature service so that you can get known for that. You know that that's what I preach on this podcast. The faster that you can do that, the easier it's going to be for you to scale because you are spending less time trying to figure out everything and you can spend more focus time on your signature service. But what I also want you to know too is just because you decide, okay, I'm going to offer Pinterest for my signature service, that doesn't mean you know six months down the road you can't change that, you can't evolve that, you can't pivot that. But what I'm saying is for this time being, if you really do want to scale to that 5K month, you have to somehow shift away from just hourly as a general VA and really focus in on those package pricing. And a lot of times those package pricing, it it's more confusing when you have a bunch of different packages for a bunch of different services. You have a website design package, you have a podcast package and a graphics package and uh, Pinterest package, if you just offer Pinterest packages around different areas like Pinterest setup, Pinterest audits, Pinterest strategy, monthly Pinterest maintenance, like you can have those different packages, but as long as they're in that same realm, you know specifically who to speak to, you know their pain points, and you can get on those discovery calls and you can definitely land those clients. So hopefully that answers your question, Roxanne. The next question comes from Sarah and Sarah asks, do you believe that websites are more beneficial or a portfolio? So do I think that having a website is more beneficial than having a portfolio? So we did an episode on do you need a website as a virtual assistant and that was episode 68. And in that episode, I talked about how, yes, a website is definitely helpful and how it can automate some of that process for you And some people say it looks more professional to have a website. I definitely disagree with that. I think most people who are hiring virtual assistants, who are hiring freelancers, know that a portfolio is just as fine as a website. I would say that it's time to invest in a website when you do know what that signature service is because again, it's going to take some of that admin work 
off your plate. You can have a link to book a call. People can organically find you on Google if they're searching for your service, if they're searching for someone to hire. People can book a call with you and you don't have to do that back and forth. That takes some of that time off. But I think when you're first getting started, some people get hung up and think, oh, I have to have a website. And they spend all this time creating a website and that is a new task for them. So it takes them a lot of time when they could be out there marketing and networking with potential clients and gaining clients and gaining experience and figuring out exactly what they want to do. So in the beginning, putting a portfolio together, that is totally fine. But I think if you've been in business for six months and you know what service you really want to offer to clients, that might be a good time to invest in a website. The next question we got was from Brittany and Brittany wanted to know, what advice do you have for a freelancer in the very early stages of their business? This is such a great question and I have a lot of advice, but I don't wanna go on and on and on. I think the two main pieces that I can give you is, Number one, just to start, like if you're thinking about starting this business, if you've been kind of tiptoeing around, like you've been doing all the things that we think we need to do to prepare, like just, you know, doing, getting the portfolio ready and getting our scheduling link ready and all the things that, that are great and we need to have for our business, but you haven't actually done the things that require you to put yourself out there and start marketing your business, I would say just to start because we can get caught up in those feelings of fear and worry and doubt, and those will hold you back. Those will keep you stuck. And if you just start, clarity comes from taking action. And you just have to start and be consistent with it. So I like to use analogies, and I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I want you to think about your business like you are preparing for a race, maybe a 5K and you've got a 5K coming up. Those first couple times that you are getting out there and you are running and you're prepping for it, it's not gonna be pretty, it's gonna be uncomfortable. You're gonna come back, you're gonna feel sore, you're gonna feel tired, you're going to feel overwhelmed. The next day you're gonna wake up and think, I don't wanna do that again, that was really hard. And you try again and it's still not as easy, getting a little better, but it's not as easy. And I want you to think what would happen if you didn't stay consistent with it. If you did it those first couple times and it was really hard and really uncomfortable and not so easy and you were sore and you felt pain in the muscles and the end of that month came and it was time for that 5K race and you set out to go do it, how do you think that race would go for you? Would you get the same results that you would have liked to see? Would you have gotten your personal record? Probably not because you didn't stay consistent with it. And it's the same thing that goes for your business and building your business. If you have a goal this month to kick off your business, to gain two clients, and you start out the month strong and you're networking and you're marketing and you're building relationships and talking to people and putting yourself out there, and you get really uncomfortable and it's really hard doing that and you give up, by the end of the month, you're not going to have met your goal. But if we look back on, were you consistent? Did you stick with it? Did you work through those growing pains? If you gave up, then you're not going to see those results. So I think the two biggest pieces of advice that I can give you is to just start, 
to start messy. It's not going to be super pretty. It's not going to be perfect. Your first discovery call, your first time pitching, heck, even your second, your third, they're not going to be great, but you need to get through those growing pains. You need to get through those first uncomfortable days. Same thing like with working out. You need to get through that before it starts to become a little bit easier. And each day, it will become easier. Every time you put yourself out there, it will get easier. And you have to stay consistent with it in order to see those results. So just start and stay consistent. That's my two pieces of advice for freelancers who are just getting started. All right, so the next question comes from Tajane and she asks, how do I sell myself? I have been cold messaging business owners and get a lot of no's or no replies. So cold pitching is definitely a route that you can take. I think the first thing I would ask is to look at what your cold pitch looks like because cold pitching is definitely something that you can do, but you want to make sure that the cold pitch is personalized. I have gotten cold pitches in my inbox and some of them I haven't really looked over because you can tell that it was just copy and pasted from one email or one message to the next. And the person didn't really take the time to get to know me or my business or personalize the message at all. So I think that's one thing that we can look at is that cold pitch. And I think it's really taking the time to invest in the person that you're messaging, how you can help them, why you love their business and their message and why you stumbled upon them and why you're sending them this message, a form of flattery, that goes a long way. And it can't just be about selling, about just trying to get the client. We wanna make sure that we are serving them and we are being purposeful. So cold pitching does take a little bit of work. It does take some research. So. To go back to your original question of how do I sell myself, I think what we need to do is look at your marketing plan and look at if cold pitching is not working for you, if you're not seeing as much success, maybe we try a different avenue. If you go back on the podcast, episode 79 is titled Eight Ways to Find Clients for Your Freelancing Business. I gave eight really great ways that you can go about finding clients for your business. So maybe cold pitching isn't working for you. Let's try a different route. Let's pick another route. And let's also think about where is I, where is our ideal client hanging out? Where can I go connect with them? So for me, when I was starting out, that was in Facebook groups. So I joined a few Facebook groups where my ideal client was hanging out. And each day I was spending dedicated time in those Facebook groups, not just scrolling and looking for posts that said they were looking to hire someone, but adding value to the conversation, jumping in on the conversation, making my name known for someone who can add value to the conversation, not just someone who wants to sell, sell, sell and gain a bunch of clients. I think we have to remember that our business, yes, needs to run with clients and so we need to have clients, but the core of what we do with our business should be serving. And when we lead with serving, finding those clients and gaining those relationships will come a little bit easier to you than just going about it as I'm trying to sell myself. Come at it from the approach of I'm trying to serve others and I'm trying to provide value to other business owners with the service that I offer them. So a long-winded response to say, maybe it's time to reevaluate your marketing strategy. We have a bunch of episodes on marketing and how to figure out what's the best approach for you. I suggest not trying to be everywhere and do everything, picking one to two platforms to really focus on. If you can even get super clear on one platform to really invest focused time to marketing your service, but then also remembering too that we're going to come at this from a place of I'm going to serve 
my audience, I'm going to serve people who might need my service and I'm going to do so not with the intention of only selling because that can kind of come across to people and that might be why you're getting a lot of no's or no replies because it's coming across as I'm just trying to sell you my service and we want to be in the service business. We want to serve our clients. So hopefully that answered your question and we are on to our very last question in this Q&A. Such great questions. I hope you are finding tons of value. Before I get to this last question, if you are finding value in today's episode, what I want you to do is go ahead and screenshot this episode right now, post it up in your Instagram stories and tag me. That's how we get this message out to other people. So share this with the people you know who would benefit from hearing you and then I will definitely reshare you in my story as well. All right, this last question comes from Carrie, and Carrie wanted to know, how did you accomplish 5K months? Was it just packages? So yes, when I hit my first 5K months, it was just solely as a freelancer. I didn't have any coaching or products or courses in there. It was solely just from freelancing, and it was through my packages that I had. I had my um, the main packages that I would offer would be my blog management and there were different levels to that based on what the client might need depending on how many blog posts what they wanted me to include the images the SEO all the linking so it depended on what that client needed but that's where I was able to gain a lot of clients through those blog management packages by providing a complete done for you service so the way that I would talk about that with potential clients is I would talk about how they need to have a content marketing strategy to bring new clients to them, to bring new eyes to their website. They need to have content on there. And blogging is a great way because we can repurpose that in multiple different areas. We can turn that into a Pinterest pin and a caption and a thing in their Facebook group. And a lot of my clients just said, well, I know I need to blog, I just don't have the time to do it. So I would talk to them about the value. I'm going to take this entire blog process off your plate. We will come up with the topics together. I will write the blog post for you. I will do all the editing. I'll upload it for you to your website, create the images, create all the linking, make sure that the SEO is great on there. I will do everything and you won't have to worry about it and it will get published to your blog every single week and you will have consistent content so that you can bring new traffic to your website. How does that sound? And they were like, oh my gosh, that sounds great. And so that's how I was able to scale that and really sell that as a high end service, a premium service, because I was really taking a huge chunk off their plate, but I was also adding value by creating that content for them so that they could focus on the part of their business that needed them. But a huge part of business is creating content, creating consistent content around your service, around your content pillars. And so that way when people come to your website, there's stuff there, right? There's stuff for them to learn more about you, to get to that like, know, and trust, and to hopefully buy from you, whether that's you're you know, a coach, whether you're selling a product, whether you're selling a course, you need to build that know, like, and trust. So you have to pick one form of long form content. That could be a YouTube channel, a blog, a podcast. That could be Facebook Lives. You have to pick some area. It's either gonna be writing, video, or audio. And so I was able to take that long form content piece, that content marketing piece off a business owner's plate, and they were able to focus back on their business. So 
to, to make that a long story short, hopefully it wasn't too long. Yes, those 5K months were from my packages and that was when I figured out what my signature service was. I got really good at it. I got really great results for my clients. I had a really good system and workflow in place and that was able to get my clients really great results. So this concludes part one of the Q&A episodes. Our next Q&A episodes will be all about how I was able to transition into this coach role of my business as a virtual assistant coach and the ins and outs of that piece. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And also I would love it so much if you left me a review over on Apple Podcasts. That helps us reach more and more freelancers and virtual assistants who are looking to grow and scale their business. And I would so appreciate you if you left me that review. All right, I will catch you in the next episode. Thank you for choosing to spend some time with me today. I appreciate you so much. If you haven't yet, I would love it if you would leave me a review on iTunes and share this episode in your Instagram stories and tag me. By sharing and reviewing, you can help spread the message so we can reach more entrepreneurs who are ready to scale their business to new heights. I will see you in the next episode.